Hey everyone, it's me, Andy. And I'm Sean. And this is the Commander's Brew. This week, Volrath mutates. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's episode 266 of the Commander's Brew podcast and video program. Uh, that's the full name, if you didn't know it. Uh, that is the actual full name <laughs> registered with the patent office. So, yes. you know, everything's official. Yes. Everything's very official. It was hard to get a patent for a show. Yes. But, you know, considering we didn't invent anything new, mm-hmm. but uh, no. we worked hard at it. You know, strong patent lawyers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to get the best. You got to get the good ones, you know, and they'll they'll <laughs> insist that that's what you do. Yeah. I mean. The good patent lawyers will, you know, they'll bend the rules as much as they're allowed, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They'll let you patent anything if you just do it the proper way, right? Right, right. You can patent something that already exists, you know what I mean? (laughs) If you change it enough, I think that's allowed. Yeah, you know what? This does remind me of a real story in real life of uh, Gene Simmons tried to copyright the term OJ, he what? tried he tried to get the copyright for referring to orange juice as OJ. Gene Simmons? Yeah, Gene. Well, okay. Shrewd well, businessman Gene Simmons. He is a shrewd businessman because there is a Kiss coffin. Yes, like, there you is. Can yeah. buy, you, yeah. Like 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 Kiss does I mean he's got a business mind. So yeah. sure. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't need to ask how that went. I think we all know how that went. Yeah, it didn't go so well for Gene. Uh, it didn't work out for him. They were like, hey, that's simply just a term that everyone uses. Although there's lots of words that are copy uh, written or whatever. Right. You... Like, did did Paris Hilton successfully patent that's hot? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I hope or, or not. Or patent copyright. Uh, whatever. The, copyright. I, I'm using right. these yeah, words yeah, yeah. incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, clearly, I don't understand the full depth of all of them. But like, yeah, people like trying to copyright things or say that's mine. I also get, you know, my feathers get a little bit riled up when even when people are like, like in the Toronto comedy community, like I, I've encountered in my time people being like, hey, that show name you're using uh, I had a show that was similarly titled 15 years ago yeah. and I have posters for it. So do you mind changing the name? And like part of me is just like, I'll change it because I don't want to make a big deal about this. But you're a bag of dog poop right now. Like, <laughs> first of all, it's different. And the core similarity is the fact that it has the word improv in it. So it's like, come on, man. Like the, you got to your show title by aping an existing idea. I got to my show title by aping the exact same idea. So if anything, I'll listen to the original idea people. If they come after me, but not you 15 years ago show guy. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, I, had a pr- I had a show called Friday Night Live. And <laughs> I believe that, you know, that's pretty similar. And I wish that you would change it, please. Jeez. <laughs> drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. The rules of who gets to own what. Um, it's it's a tough one. It gets it gets like, I mean, on, on one hand, I think people should get the money for the things that they work hard on. But I also think that there's room for more people. You shouldn't be too greedy about it. Yeah, like it's it's like, does Arnold Schwarzenegger have a copyright on I'll be back? Because that's also just something people say. You know, like, yeah. All right, anyways, I'll be back. Argh, I gotta pay twenty bucks to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Argh. Right. Like, right. like, I mean, like, I guess you can't use it for like promotional materials, and you couldn't use it as like the tagline for your movie or something. I guess those are like some of the, really. I think that's where it is, right? I think that's where it comes in to play when we're talking about making money off of it. Yeah, and it's not like something you came up with. Oh, boy. Money is complicated. To say the least. Well, you know what? We'll say we'll say this. We do this show uh, because we love to, because we love Commander, because we love the community. So we want to thank you for listening. It takes money to do the show. There are costs involved. Uh, and 
some of you have so generously gone to our Patreon, patreon.com slash commandersbrew, and decided to donate that way uh, as a way to give back. We have a Discord for some people in there and in that discord we chat about decks we joke about magic memes we just chat about general magic stuff but also you get to help out make some of these decks like we do little deck brewing sessions for show decks to help see if there's any ideas we can't think of we, we're just two minds we can't come up with all the ideas um i want to just pop in here and say that uh, very recently um we've got it set up so it's even easier now to hook up with your uh, fellow patrons on our Discord server to play Magic in whatever way it is you want to play, whether it's like Arena or on Spell Table or whatever it is. Um, there's a whole like channel on our Discord that's all about that, and you can tag specific people who've who've uh, put themselves in the group of whatever type of game it is that they're looking to be tagged in. You know, so people uh, are people yes. are connecting even better on our on our Discord these days. It's fun. It's a fun <laughs> thing. Um, that's one of the perks that some of our patrons get. Uh, some people who maybe don't have that kind of financial scratch but still want to help out. I mean, you can always give a like and a subscribe on YouTube, a review on iTunes, that sort of stuff. You can also help out by going to click our affiliate link. That is a way to go to tcgplayer.com to buy cards that we talked about for this show deck, other show decks, or really just any magic cards you want or anything that TCG Player sells. If you go through our link, we get a little cut. That helps us out a lot. And if you're a Canadian listener, we have the best deal for you. We can get you an actual discount on your magic cards. Money off in your pocket. Uh, go to the Wizard Tower, wizardtower.com. Let's hear an ad from them now. The Commander's Brew is a podcast proudly produced in Canada, and we're proud to be sponsored by the Wizard's Tower. WizardTower.com, one of Canada's premier card stores. We've got an exclusive coupon code for our Canadian listeners. To get 5% off any order of singles from the Wizard's Tower, use our coupon code, BREWZENDICAR. And if you order $15 or more worth of singles, the shipping is free. You can also check out our deck list for this week's episode, and any other episode we've done on their content site, mtgcanada.com. See you there, friend Dekar. All right, we're back. Um, so we're going to get into our um, interview today. It's an important one, I think, uh, and because there's a lot been floating around about it. Um, so we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start it up here. We're, we're we're pretty lucky to be able to interview this person. I do have to quickly run. Okay, okay. I I kind of expected that. Okay. Yeah, there's um, a couple spots on my walls that need a little touch up. Some paint. Oh, little Mr. Clean Eraser. Oh, little, full paint. Little spackle, little paint. They just need to be oh. touched up real quick. So I'm just going to run down to the convenience store just to check if they have paint and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. I mean, you've, you've been there to check for a lot of things. Do you don't remember if they had paint or not? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that I had to run. I had to help the person with the bacon that they got from there and everything. <laughs> yep. This time, uh, I, you know, I can't remember. I, see, I seem to remember seeing a segment of the store that's like a little little hardware section. Yeah, you they don't have usually like, pay close attention to no, it, but you I know don't. what you mean. Yeah, and yeah. they usually have like really old like uh um like electrical plates, like you know, for sure, plugs sure, and stuff, sure. and like they'll have like yeah. one yeah, screwdriver, like, you know. <clears throat> uh, the number six to go in front of your house <laughs> on the address. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not quite sure of the inventory there, so I just want to quickly yeah. check and see if they have a full bucket of paint. Yeah, this is the perfect time for that. Okay. It's really oh. good, yeah, yeah. So we'll just quickly check that and I'll be back okay. in a sec. Although, I mean, but you just carry on with the with the interview. I, okay? I certainly will. Okay, great, yes. great, 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 great. I have a very special interview guest this week. Uh, welcome, uh, representative from group The Walking Teds. Hello, Hello. Sean. Hello. Um, can I call you Ted? Yes, absolutely. The name's Ted Great. Grenoble. Ted Grenoble, welcome to the show. It's an honor to interview. Happy to be Bef here. I, I'm, I'm also happy. Before we begin, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and who the Walking Teds are? Absolutely. Uh, Ted Grenoble here, uh, uh, founder and captain of the Walking Teds, which is, of course, the seniors group of uh, walking folks like myself 
and we go on mall walks and we just walk around malls and we admire the closed stores and we see all of the businesses that would open in a few hours and um and yeah we just kind of have a look around and have a coffee from the one coffee place <laughs> the one coffee place mm-hmm. um i i've never i don't know if i've ever seen the walking teds in action but i have seen other mall walking groups in action and i think it is a genius movement to take advantage of a lot of empty indoor climate controlled space i think it's a wonderful at use of space to get some extra physical activity in. So first off, you're an inspiration to us oh, all. Well, thank you. The, thank you. In the name of of keeping in shape and, you know, taking advantage of what the world has to offer. You got to get your steps in, Sean. You have to. And that's important. And I noticed that there's a little controversy around these days. But that's, you know, that is non-controversial. To, you know, I think we can all agree on that. Yes, we can all agree that getting in some more physical activity is good. It's a good thing. The controversy you're referring to is about Magic the Gathering and their acquiring the property of the Walking Dead to put on Magic cards. Hmm. Now, we can only assume that we've been told that they will acquire other intellectual properties. So Walking Teds, I have gotten you as a representative to see if you can give us the scoop. Will we see Walking Ted Magic cards in a future secret lair? Well, you know, I can't say anything for sure. I, of course, I know you can't, but I'm going to grill you. I'm going to try to get it out of you. You know what I mean? So, uh, look, is it possible? Yes. Okay. Right? Is it, you know, is it confirmed? No. Okay. Have, you know, myself, Ted Grenoble, and my um, co-captain, Ted Lancaster, have we been... Speaking with, you know, Hasbro and the big wigs at Wizards of the Coast. Yes, we have. We've been talking with them. We pass by them on our walk all the time. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I, I just started to derail things. I'm just curious. Is one of the requirements to join the Walking Teds to be named Ted? I noticed <laughs> both you and your co-captain are both named Ted. <laughs> Sean. You think we are a group of over 80 seniors, all named Ted? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. You don't have to be a Ted to be in the Walking Teds. Now, you know, you know are the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all actual Buccaneers? Are they pirates? You know what I mean? I guess Only so. a few of them are. Only a handful. <laughs> But same here. Yes, we started out as a group uh, only made up of Ted's and then due to some serious lobbying and complaining to the city, we started eventually allowing other non-Ted's in the group. Oh, the complaining was from the city or other members or from you? Who was doing the Other people rightfully complained that we were being a little exclusive by only allowing folks named Ted or Ted adjacent names into the walking Ted's. Ah, so you opened up the the scope and now... That's right. Oh, that's And you know lovely. what? We're better for it, honestly. Uh, it wasn't something we fought. We, uh, you know, welcomed it with open arms. And here we are today talking about whatever it is we're talking about here. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm gr- I know that you're probably not allowed to tell anything specifically, but if you could give us a hint... About maybe some of the abilities that the Walking Teds might have on Magic Cards without spelling anything out directly. Well, um, you know, I'll I'll just say this. You know, I'm no designer. You know, I'm no, I don't work at R&D, as they say. Rick's and Diane's. That's the coffee shop that we go to. Rick's and Diane's. Rick's and Diane's. Yeah. uh, I don't work there. Just clearing it up as a separate point. Um, so I, I don't work at wizards and, but if I were to make a walking Ted card, you might see one of them say, let's, um, oh, um, Ted, um, Ted Logan, he has a problem with an obstruction in his bowel. So I would maybe keyword that bowel obstruction one, and that has, that it means it's very hard for him to get up in the morning and move around once he gets past that first bathroom break though he's fine so something akin to entering the battlefield and tapped or maybe it's very difficult to 
somehow attack or move, something like that. I don't know all the different words you have for your game there, but it's uh, something like that. Bowel obstruction one. That's a keyword. Well, uh, it doesn't sound like it would be useful in the game. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'm drawn to that as an ability that I want to build a deck around. Well, you want. You know. Hey, how about this one? Okay. okay. So we have um, uh, um, Barb. She's one of our uh, uh, people on our marketing team at the Walking Tents. You've got a marketing team. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. It's just Barb mostly. Um, uh, anyways, uh, Barb McConnell, she's going to, uh, she's got the diabetes. So you'd probably have that as a keyword. Diabetes. The diabetes. The diabetes. Yeah. And it means that, um, you know, it's a serious disease here uh, and everything, but um, that's going to be keyworded just because that's that's where we're at here. You know? Sure. Did any hint on what it does in the you game? You got to take your insulin and you got to do that thing where you, although you prick your finger, but now they have a thing where just as a thing on your arm, I think, that you right. just hold up a phone to it and it tells you what it is. So, so this is like a, this is like a cumulative upkeep. How about this one? Baffled by technology. Cause none of us understand how that works. So maybe that's an ability that her card can have. Baffled by technology too. (laughs) Two. So she's double baffled than anyone who has baffled. Yeah. Right. So come into play with two baffled counters. Oh, okay. What do baffled counters do? And uh, they mean that for every technology you try to figure out, you can give yourself minus two minus two walking ted's and ted grenoble specifically yeah these are great design ideas Mm -hmm. the one thing i can't help but observe about them is that each idea links to another idea like like now we've got technology and we've got that like all these things tied together have you considered maybe just making your own collectible card game (laughs) and just making all of those your own property yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I've never thought about it before, but now you're right. There are so many great ideas. Like, I, we can have one that's my son, Daniel, and he can have the ability figured out email. <laughs> yes, and he can yes. teach the other members of the Teds how to do emails. Ted, I think you're onto something because I would wager that Wizards demographic that is the least represented in by players of magic is you know seniors Uh i think they're probably the smallest demographic so if you could hook in with the card game i think this is great i I encourage you to get this made i can't wait you know i get i'll get up i'll get my steps in and then i'll march over to aaron forsyth's office and i'll i'll tell him hey forget about that we're gonna do it ourselves Uh, if only I, I think that would be wonderful. I let me be the first to spoil your cards to do previews. When you're ready to drop the set, please come to the Commander's Brew for preview season. We are we'll be happy to preview a card or two from the new set. You know what? I, I can guarantee you, you'll be getting one, and I'll give you a little sneak peek of it right now. Okay. It's called it's an it's an equipment. Okay. And it's called adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got absorb p3 so that's a very good one that's your leak that's our leak i get it i get it leak leak there you have it with that equipment equip 17 because it is very hard to get those on i don't know if you've ever tried it's very difficult okay well straight unplayable then but mm. thank you for offering but does what it says it will do if you need it yes. And, it, and if you need it, it's worth it. Sure, sure, sure. I can't. Yes. Okay. Maybe in the future. You can try shoving a whole roll of paper towel down there. I'll tell you, it's not going to be as comfortable as one of them. No, I, I doubt. Uh, maybe we'll wait for the equivalent of your Mirrodin when there's more artifact support to like run stuff like that. Mirror, Mirrodin? Uh, it's alternate universes, you know, multiverse. Well, we could get into it another time. Hmm. There's a mirror store at the mall called the Mirror Den. (laughs) 
Uncanny. Uncanny. <laughs> is there, what is, does there a store, I'm going to say a name, does it remind you of a store in your mall? <laughs> oh, well, okay, fire away. I don't have a great memory, but I'll try it. Okay. Amonket. Among. Oh, yeah. There's that, the store for those, uh, the religious folks there. There's a haberdashery in there for them. Amonk's hat. Yeah, yeah, I, great. This is great. <laughs> you have another one? Uh, oh, I do. Oh, before I do, I just want to comment. Thank you for using the Commander's Brew Studio mug. Yeah. Most of our guests drink from that mug. Yeah, I came in here. It was just ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Seems as though someone else may have been drinking from it before, but it's fine. Well, we cl- we clean it once in a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, one last one star. Is there a star called Innistrad? Does that remind you of a store? In... In a strad, strad, yeah, of course, the bubble tea place. <laughs> yeah. In in a straw, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it for when you get the bubbles in the straw. There, it's called in the straw. Now I don't go too close to that. Too many teens, you know. I don't go too close to that place. Sure, sure. I mean, it's probably not even open at that by the time you. Oh, there. certainly not. Not for hours. You gotta make those bubbles. We're in there at the crack of four. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, yes, this is true. Well, Ted, what a great it's been a great interview. Thank you for sharing us that insight. I look forward to your collectible card game, The Walking Ted's. Mm-hmm. Um and uh who knows, if you need content creators, I would like to put forth my name and I'd be willing to, you know, do a little bit of content based we'll on We'll consider game. it, certainly. Great. Uh, any final words to our listeners? None. Not none whatsoever. I got to go get the rest of my steps in, Sean. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye, Ted. Bye. Okay. We're back. Uh, I'm back, I should say. Um, yeah. I, uh, so did you finish the wall? No, I did not finish the wall. I didn't even get to work on the wall. They don't have paint there. They don't have spackle. Hmm. They had a <clears throat> super old uh, tube of that toothpaste close-up. That was it. That I was what vaguely I, recall. That's what I thought was the spackle. I was just wrong. Can't you use toothpaste on drywall as like the worst thing to use? I feel like I read somewhere f- this is for like, you know, young renters, you know, maybe a college apartment. But like if, if you're worried about getting your deposit taken because of a little hole in the drywall, you can put toothpaste in it and it will harden and it's a nightmare for future repairs, but for a quick glance, people won't notice it. Ah, well, there you go. There's a tip right there. Uh, well, I've got it's this a bad whole, tip. I got this whole tube and close up here, so I did buy it. I didn't. I forgot to tell you. Oh, okay. I bought the close up because I figure, hey, I haven't had a swirly cinnamon flavored toothpaste in a long time, so why not? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's. What do you say we do the deck tech? Yes. Great. This week's deck tech is uh, the the genesis of it is really uh, an interesting place because I was playing on Spell Table with our good friends uh, Ryan and Zach from um, Commander Social and we played just the straight up just the the pre-cons from C20 C20? 21. I don't know which one it is. Maybe it's 20. Maybe. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, the most recent precons, right? That's that's all that matters. So we're playing with the precons, and I just happened to gather uh, to grab the um, um, the mutate one, and I because uh, I and, and I'm, I was happy to do this because first of all, love playing with those guys it was great, but um, I hadn't played any of these precons yet, and I realized that like since because of the pandemic, we none of us really got to get into a room and play these together. Like we usually like to try and get at least one game of just pre-con commander out. Right. So we, so we managed to do this over, over the, over the internet here. I grabbed the mutate one. Cause I was just very interested in to see how it would work because it, it kind of seemed like it would be tough, right? Because it's, you know, you're, you're stacking on and we've done a couple of mutate episodes here where we, we took the mutate, we took a couple of the mutate commanders from my Coria and we, uh, built decks around them that weren't based on mutate, right? These were based on just having them as commanders and how viable they are as separate commanders, not um, not simply building around that ability. And it turns out they were actually really good. They were a lot of fun. Uh, but 
I was I was intrigued by actually building around mutate and um, as I was playing the deck I was having fun I was losing a lot <laughs> like simply like Ryan having a niblis of frost that just tapped down my whole stack of creatures every turn was for sure making me lose but mm. I was still I was still having a fun time um, playing with this deck so then I started looking at like you know how do we I just want to maybe upgrade this deck into uh, something better and then that that made me think let's let's do it on the show and let's do it not just simply an upgrade but but a little bit more to it so here's the other twist of the story so i on my like the day where i was started brewing so usually what we'll do is we'll put the idea into our discord and like i'll usually have like a a pretty sizable group of cards i know i want to use right because i've i've already got the genesis of this idea and we'll say to the discord and then people will come and then they'll give other ideas and they'll give cards names and so on and so forth. And we'll brood all in there together. Well, I, I like had just finished typing what I wanted to do for the deck. And then I like, my wife comes out and is like, okay, you ready to go? And I was like, I forgot I had to go like right now. So we, so I, it's like, Oh guys, okay, I'll be back in a bit. I'm sorry. So I left. And then of course, you know, when the, whatever I was running errands, like it ended up being like almost the whole day. I came back at like, I don't know, like six or seven o'clock from doing that in the afternoon. And then of course these, 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 uh, patrons of ours had like brewed their, this whole deck together, of course. So I was like, well, I simply can't take credit for this. I didn't brew this deck at all. Uh, so when it comes to the, um, to the part of this, where we name the patrons, uh, this was, uh, a very big effort on, on their part. Now I did, I did actually, uh, put my own spin on this. You know, I didn't I didn't just take their whole list because um, they they're like when they're giving cards and everything, it's like there's no one like keeping track of how many cards we're putting in the deck and stuff like that. So when it came time for me to look at what was there and everything, it was like obviously just way too big. So we had to make some cuts. We had to make some changes. And uh, so I ended up going with this. So I'm I'm very also interested to hear what our patrons are going to say about this deck because it's pretty sizable cut. So. What we decided to go with here, uh, and and again, this was my idea from the start. This is what I gave the patrons, and then they they kind of helped brew with it. Is um, the idea of a mutate deck where we clone our mutated stack, and then we get value from that, whether it be because one thing I found was that like I put all this effort into my mutated stack of creatures, and then yeah, someone's just tapping it down, right, or someone just removes it, and that's the end. But if we clone them, right, if we have a couple clones down, copies, then the original stack isn't as, that's no big deal. Now we can just clone our other things. And then it just gives us more options for our mutate creatures that we have in our hand. This was the, this was the, 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 the basis of the idea. So um, I, I, I saw this commander and I thought it was great. The Discord also they came to the conclusion that this was the commander, so I'm really happy that they landed on this. Uh, the commander for this one is going to be Volrath, the Shape Stealer. Uh, two black, green, blue. So this is a Sultai Brew. 7-5 Legendary Shapeshifter. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature. Uh, and then you can pay one generic, and until your next turn, Volrath, the Shape Stealer, becomes a copy of target creature with a counter on it, except it's a 7-5 and it has this ability. Um... So notably, we can't have, we don't want many, if any, humans in this deck. Volrath's not a human, so that's good. So he can be mutated upon. However, Volrath is also a really, just a great clone himself, right? He can come down and and because there's a lot of uh, synergy built in this deck where we're going to have counters and stuff, Volrath will easily be able to copy our stack of creatures. Um, now, the Discord went in a way where they, it's a really neat way, a really cool thing, where they had a lot of legendaries to mutate onto to make them not legendary. And then they Uh. would copy the legendary creatures and have like a bunch of different legendaries, which is, which is an amazing. That's so cool. It is very cool. Uh, Now here's the reason I didn't go with it. Uh, That's the part of it. I cut out, which is like, because it was tough. It's tough to get that sequence, right? In, in like um, uh, consistently, right? Because you need to get that creature, which a legendary creature is usually, you know, four or five mana, generally speaking, if not more. And then you have to mutate on top of that. And then you have to have the clone to do it. So you need to have like all three parts of that. Now your commander, 
especially in this case, isn't a mutate creature. So if we had a mutate creature, at least you could kind of have, always have one of those. In this case, we have the we have Volrath, but then with Volrath, we still need um, we ne we're either putting a minus one minus one counter on our guy, or we have some other things. So there's a couple of things that need to line up, and I've thought once I had everything in front of me, like the full list of cards, I was like, if we actually just cut like a bunch of these legendaries, we still get this amazing stacked giant mutate creature. They just don't have like, I don't know, the ability that like the Silumgar dragon has when you attack you minus one, minus one, everyone. It's like, okay, that's a sweet ability to have, especially when you have it in multiples, but um, it's not something we ended up, I, I, I think we ended up um, making a bit of a leaner deck as a result, but let's get into it, okay? Sure. So <clears throat> let's start setting the scene and let's start talking about what we're going to mutate onto. Um, I think it's key in these decks uh, to have something with low mana cost. We want a creature on board that we can quickly mutate onto, especially if you've got something like the 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 rampant growth guy the migratory great horn like you you're going to want something on turn three to be able to mutate onto there so i think it's very important for that so sean why don't you take the uh starting the stack we're going to call this okay some early stack contenders young wolf single green for a one one with undying when this creature dies if it didn't have plus one plus one counters return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a plus one plus one counter on it i'm gonna think through with mutations if you've mutated onto this and it undies the things will come back not mutated together. They'll come back as individual cards. Correct. But that's still great value. And the interaction with Volrath, we get to put a minus one, minus one on Young Wolf to get rid of the plus one, plus one <laughs> so that it can it can undie again. We can reset undying things with Volrath if we chose to. Also, everything will come back with a plus one, plus one counter separately. Because oh, it yeah. sees it sees all of those creatures as having undying. This was oh man, I can't. It was it was this was a late edition. Oh, I'm so sorry. Someone said that they. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna read the name of the person who did this in the the chunk of names. But uh, sure. this was an edition from one of our our, our patrons that was like he, his whole deck was around this. So it, it's a, it was a great interaction which I just couldn't not include. It's so good. Okay, so slippery bogle, uh, boggle bogle. Yeah, it's a single. Simic hybrid, so either a single green or a single blue for a 1-1 hexproof beast. Quite simple. You, No one can touch it. And as you build the stack up, it retains that hexproof, so no one can mess around with it. That's great. And in, in the similar vein, Silhana Ledgewalker, one and a green for a 1-1 with hexproof. Again, your opponents can't target this whole stack. Silhana Ledgewalker can't be blocked except by creatures with flying. It's kind of unblockable. Uh, flyers also traditionally have smaller stat lines. So even if your opponent has something that can block, our stack of ledge walker will probably be able to outclass it. I like how this creature, uh, Solana Ledgewalker, is actually better than... Um, f her version of flying is better than flying because Reach can't block this. Very interesting. Right. <laughs> Very weird. Right. So these are some uh, kind of traditional um, uh, mutate targets uh, because of the hex proof, because of the evasion, and I mean the cool interaction with Young Wolf. Um, so let's so let's just just name just a few of the of the mutate creatures we're like pretty excited to have it in here. So first we've got Brockos, Apex of Forever, uh, two black, green, blue. It's the salt. It's the Sultai uh, six six legendary from Ikoria. Nightmare Beast Elemental. It, it mutates for five, so two, <clears throat> a hybrid blue-black, and two green. So you only need two of the three colors, one of them being green. It always, I always forget that when I'm trying to mutate, so just remember that like you don't need, you don't necessarily need blue, you don't necessarily need black to mutate Brokos. Uh, he has Trample, and you can cast it from uh, the Graveyard using its mutate ability, which is really helpful in this deck. Just getting a 6-6 six, six Trample is, is obviously fine, but um, the ability for us to always have access to Brockos is really, really awesome. Um, then we have Souvenir Snatcher. This is one from the Commander deck. Uh, four and a blue for a 4-4 four, four bird. Mutate for five and a blue, so it's one more to mutate it, which is it's pretty rare. But it has flying, and it says whenever this creature mutates, gain control of target non-creature artifact. Very helpful in Commander. And finally, we have Mind Leecher 4, Black Black for the 5-5. Five, five, mutates for 4 and a black. Another Flyer. These are all very important. The, the flying is really, really great on these. 
Um, whenever this creature mutates, exile the top card of each opponent's library face down. You may look at and play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. So that'll give you just a little access to, you know, whatever it is, uh, whether it be uh, some kind of removal, another creature, whatever. So Mind Leecher is just a sweet one to have. These are just some nice, uh, you know, and then there's a whole, like, stack of the uncommon and um, uh, creatures from Ikoria that are in the Sultai colors. And those are just like, they came in the pre-con. And I think for any deck that's centered around Mutate, you're going to at least use two of those colors. whether And are probably going to be the blue green ones uh, you can swap in red a little bit if you wanted to like switch colors up but I think generally Sultai is where you want to be when you're mutating so there's a whole like generic stack of those uh, to use in addition to these great ones so now that we know what we're doing we got our we got our uh, stack set we got to make the stack with these creatures let's take a look at the knee moves meat Okay, so um, first neat move, uh, we talked about it earlier. We're going to clone the stack. Uh, so, Sean, tell us about these two ways we're going to do that. Progenitor Mimic. Four green, blue, shapeshifter, zero, zero. You may have Progenitor Mimic enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, like our juicy mutate stack, except it has, at the beginning of your upkeep, if this creature isn't a token, create a token that's a copy of this creature. So the progenitor mimic isn't a token, and it will copy itself into a token version. Uh, that clause just means you don't get exponentially more, but every turn you get one more progenitor mimic, as long as it's not a token. Do you know how to make things not tokens, John? Mutate onto <laughs> them. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Yeah. So if you, if you progenitor mimicked your stack of mutate creatures... Yeah, it's going to come into play as one of those. Uh, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, it's going to make a, a copy of it, which is great. It makes a single copy. But we could start really mixing that up when you start mutating onto those tokens and making that that creature be the top, because then all of a sudden that's not a token anymore as per oh the rules. Goodness. So pretty matter, cool. Wouldn't it be a non-token no matter where the, no matter where the mutate card is? You know what? I don't know about that. I just assumed it had to be on the top because that's where the that's where the game checks for all of the like card properties, whether they be power, toughness, CMC, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I I kind of just assumed that that yeah, it had to be on the top because if you it's do it if you reasonable. do it under, wouldn't it still just be a token with those abilities? That's what I think. Well, I don't know what makes it a token. Nothing on a token says yeah. it's a token. I'm pretty it's sure it needs to be on the top. I'm 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 pretty okay. positive it does. In any case, correct me if I'm wrong, but the yeah. Any at any rate, this card's good. Even if you didn't have that ability, this card's still pretty it's sweet. Gonna be so confusing. Okay, okay, this original one is these three creatures mutated together. <laughs> yeah. This progenitor mimic also has this one, and its copy also has that one. But this one doesn't have that extra. <laughs> <mutated>. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a rules nightmare. Yes. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's and yeah, there's oh, one, more one more notable okay. one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Altered ego X two. Green, blue. I love an X spell. I also love the art, the, the weird cartoon face yelling. Um, it's a shapeshifter. Zero, zero can't be countered. I totally forgot this had that. I forgot it you did may, too. <laughs> you may have altered ego, entered the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it enters with X additional plus one plus one counters. It's a it's a four mana clone at the base with green, but you get to add X to it, and it can't be countered. And you get to add counters to it. Plus one, plus one counters. Mutate stacks love plus one, plus one counters because, it, well, A, Volrath loves them because that's how Volrath is allowed to copy them. But B, those counters are on top of the power toughness. So it just makes it extra huge. Altered Ego is a zero, zero with some counters. But when the top card is a six, six with some counters, that becomes very big, very fast. Yeah, totally, totally. And yeah, good point. Volrath, a little bit of um, synergy there because Volrath just cares about any kind of counters right. that, he, uh, that he wants to copy. doesn't have to be that minus one, minus one. So clone the stack. That's how we're going to do that. And we got a couple other clones in here, too. They're just not as exciting as these two. Uh, and we're going to also copy the stack in some interesting ways. Um this one, uh, Beppo gave these. These were some great ideas here. So first one is Spawn Writhe. Uh, two and a green for the 2-2 elemental with Trample. Whenever Spawn Writhe deals damage, uh, combat damage to a player, 
put a token that's a copy of Spawnwraith onto the battlefield. So if you mutate onto this with, say, Brockos and make it a 6-6 and all of a sudden it can get past, you know, some of the blockers that your opponents have, bam, now you have two Brockos. And again, if we put the Brockos under Spawnwraith uh, and it's a 2-2 and it's not legendary and it still gets in, then we're going to be able to copy as well, right? So manage your stack that way. You don't want the legendaries generally. We don't necessarily want on the top if we're copying them a lot of the time. Or um, if you do copy, put something on top of them after once you want to start copying them. Very important for it, that. It's tough to sell putting Brocos under Spawn Rife. It is. It is. It, you get nothing for it. You don't even get it would the be, trample. It, yeah. <laughs> so like you would you would want. Um, but yeah, I mean, Spawn Rife naturally has trample. So there's that. But yeah, right, you would you so want like, like putting a flyer on this is the perfect thing. Like throwing that um, that's that stealing bird thing. Souvenir yeah. Snatcher or Mind Leecher on here is perfect. Trample and flying. That's going to be tough to deal with. Um, we also have Splitting Slime, uh, which is a card from Conspiracy 2, I think. Three green green <clears throat> for the 3-3 three, three ooze. Um, when Splitting Slime becomes monstrous, and its, mon it's monstrous is four green green, so six to uh, for monstrosity three, meaning you put three, three post muscle counters on it. So when it becomes monstrous, you put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of Splitting Slime. Um, now... I don't know how the monstrosity rules work, but if you, I think, I might be wrong about this, but I think if you mutate on top of this guy after he's been monstrosized, <laughs> I think you can still, I think you can do it again. I think, I don't know. I, I might be wrong about that, but at any rate, you can definitely do it to the new thing you've made, which is really, that's, that's all that matters. I well, might be wrong my, about that first. Thing. My memory of the way monstrous works is this is monstrous or this is not monstrous, similar to how a card knows if it's tapped or untapped. It knows if it's monstrous or not. I suspect that if you monstrous this once, the the stack knows it's it is monstrous. monstrous. Yeah, so, that makes so sense. So a copy would also know that it's monstrous. The copies don't because it just becomes okay. a 3-3. Three, three. The copies definitely don't. It's the, the you're right that if I if I mutated on this, I think that it knows it's monstrous. That that sounds right to me now. Um, but if you made a copy of it, it's just a three three. It doesn't get the, it doesn't get the counters, and that's like so. And it's and it's not monstrous. So you can monstrous the the token. Uh, oh, for sure. because that's in the text. Yeah, it says this token. Oh, the this token has no text. counters and isn't monstrous. Says it right there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Weird. very cool way. And then there's a, another neat way we can do it, which is uh, Mirage Mirror. This is a classic three, well, not a classic, but it's a great commander card. Three generic mana for the artifact uh, that has the ability of pay two generic. Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. A lot of shenanigans you can get up to with this. Um, you know, obviously starting with copying a giant stack of mutated creatures and, and mutating onto it. Which is neat. Wow. If you put it under, then it goes back to being an artifact, and it's kind of like protected a little bit. So that's kind of interesting. Wow. Wow. That's a rules nightmare. So what happens, though, when we get all these we get all these stacks? Like, I'm making, we're making clones of stacks of mutated creatures. Like, but, I, but at some point, you're going to run out of monster. You're going to run out of mutates, right? You're going to, like, or you're just not going to have any in your hand, at least. And at that case, you know, the, a lot of these creatures just become... You know, if I it's a six six trampler, that's great. Or it's a five five flyer, those are good things. But like, I can't. I got no more abilities to get out of these guys. You know, I if I put on a young wolf or something, I'm not, I, there's no ETB triggers or anything. So making clones doesn't actually give me anything else other than like a vanilla ish creature, right? So this is something I ran into in the precon game where I was like, man, if I could just if I could just bounce one of these creatures that would be great so sean what about bouncing the stack how does that work Ooh, bouncing the stack is fun uh just a little rules reminder if you do anything to a mutate stack it's you treat it like a card so if you bounce a mutate stack you put all of the cards in it back into your hand and if there's token portions in there those will vanish like tokens do when they get bounced so let's use crystal shard it's a three mana artifact three in tap or a single blue in tap Return target creature to its owner's hand unless its controller pays one generic. It's super mean to use on opponents who tap out on something. <laughs> you can return one random thing. Or you can just return yours for a single blue and refuse to pay the one. It's great that way. Mm -hmm. We're also looking about equilibrium. One blue blue. Enchantment. 
Whenever you play a creature spell, you may pay a single generic. If you do, return target creature to its owner's hand. That's another great way to mutate things. The Orada word is whenever you cast a creature spell, mute casting with mutate counts as casting. Yeah. So that also applies. And then Eretic Portal, very similar to the Crystal Shard. Four generic for an artifact. One and tap. Return target creature to its owner's hand unless its controller pays one. Yeah. Very nice. Yes, uh, very similar to the Crystal uh, Shard there. Um, yeah, these. Th- this is so what you're going to do is you're going to make a copy of your stack and then at some point when it's when it makes sense for you you're going to bounce the original stack back they all come up as as um individual cards and then you can start mutating back onto that that stack so you can get another instance of like uh the the draw a card one like the dreamtail heron right i'm going to put my dreamtail heron on this stack which already has that dreamtail heron's ability so now when you mutate on this now it's going to draw me two cards and then I'm going to make a copy of that thing and then, you know, and so on and so forth. So you can get really out of hand and you don't need to do it very many times before it starts to really kind of like overrun your opponents with uh, with value, basically. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, ends up being really, really great. And I think it's a, I, I honestly think it's just essential for a mutate deck to be able to do this um, because we're kind of limited. I mean, there's a lot of mutate creatures, to be honest. There's like I feel I think there's like 20 less maybe just under 20 or something like that so there's a that, that's enough right like that's enough that we're, we're going to be able to do it but uh you want it's it's the, the the keeping on doing it the being able to continue doing it and so on uh okay so we we have a couple other mutate targets here that i wanted to point out that have some specific nice interactions with volrath first is predator ooze this this one actually comes in the precon and is a great target uh the difficulty with this one is that it's green 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 you need three green mana you know, turn three, is this possible? It's going to be tough, but, you know, we're going to be able to get it down at some point, I'm sure. Uh, it's a creature. It was, it's a 1-1. One, one. It's indestructible, and it says whenever it, is, whenever it attacks, put a plus and plus one counter on it, and whenever a creature dealt damage by Predator Ooze, this turn dies, put a plus and plus one counter on Predator Ooze. So we only really care about that first one when it attacks. That's all we need, um, and it's going to be great. Being indestructible is awesome. Next, we have Scoot Swarm. This is a... This one uh, is actually just kind of recently getting a little bit of a notice because of standard, because there's like a mutate deck in standard that uses Scoot Swarm. So two and a green for the one one. And it's an insect that has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you create a one one green insect creature token. If you control six or more lands, create a token that's a copy of Scoot Swarm instead. So the thing is, if you mutate onto Scoot Swarm, and then we have six lands and we play a land, it makes a copy of it. Well, that makes a copy of your mutated stacked Scoot Swarm, right? And then those all have that ability too. So the next time you play another land, you'll make two copies and that is exponential growth there. So this card gets out of hand and it's very, very fun to have this guy on the battlefield with your mutates. Uh, It's really great. This one actually doesn't have the, this one's just a a very sweet card. The next one does have a little uh, synergy with Volrath as well, which is Prime Speaker Zagana. Two green, green, blue, blue. Legendary uh, Merfolk Wizard. It's a one, one. Um, She enters with, she enters the battlefield with X plus a plus one counters on it, where X is the greatest power among other creatures you control. Uh, when Prime Speaker Zagana enters the battlefield, draw cards equal to its power. So a six drop that we're going to want to mutate onto is tough, but it's nice in the late game because if you already have your stack going and you play Zagana, she's going to draw you a bunch of cards, right? Probably, like, it. it's not out of the ordinary to have, like, a 10-10 mutated creature because of the different plus-one, plus-one stuff we have going on. But even if you don't have any of the plus-one, plus-one counter stuff happening... You're, it's going to be like a 6-6 six, six or a 7-7 seven, seven or something like that, right? Or 7-5 because of Volrath or whatever. So you're going to be able to draw a lot of cards off of her. She's going to have a bunch of counters on her. And then if you start mutating onto her, then each new each clone of Zagana with a mutate creature on top is going to have a bunch of plus one, plus one counters on them every time they come in and draw you a million cards. So as long as, again, we, we get rid of that legendary thing by mutating on top of her, uh, this is going to be a, a like absolutely dis- disastrous creature for your opponents to see uh, across the board. It's going to be really, really great. You're going to draw a million cards from this one. 
You're talking about when you clone or copy the stack with Zagana on the bottom, mm-hmm. the non-legendary stack of it. That's right. Uh, just to clarify, when you do mutate onto a creature, it's not a new creature coming in. No, so exactly. That's extra right. layers of mutate won't trigger this, but if Zagana's no longer legendary and you copy her, well, that one just came in. Exactly. That's exactly it. So she retains that ability. The copy's going to have that ability. Yeah. Uh, that's where we're, that's what we're looking for there. Uh, now, I mentioned that, like, just getting a new, like, stack of mutates is great, but you do need to mutate onto it for it to do anything other than just be a creature, right? Yeah. So Zagana is a good example of something with an ETB ability. We do have a few. Our final, like, um, group here is a couple of ETB creatures that are going to be nice to mutate onto and just have in general. But uh, they're really great if we can start copying these guys as a stack. Why don't you take this? Yeah, these are some great starters, like a good sourdough. Uh, <laughs> Mall Drifter, four and a blue, elemental, two, two, flying. When it enters the battlefield, draw two cards. Every time we copy the stack with Mall Drifter in it, we will draw an additional two cards. You can evoke it for two and a blue if you just need to snap, draw those two cards as in a pinch. Uh, we've also got Shriekma, another evoke option, four and a black with fear. Can't be blocked except for artifact and or black creatures. That applies to the whole stack, so that could be pretty mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 3-2 on its base, but, and when it enters the battlefield, destroy target non-artifact, non-black creature. If your opponent doesn't have black in their deck, it will be able to destroy almost anything on their board, and it won't be able to be blocked by almost anything on their board. And <laughs> again, bad. you can evoke for one and a black <coughs> in an emergency. <coughs> And then Farhaven Elf. These ones are so fun. Two and a green for a 1-1 Elf Druid. When it enters the battlefield, search up a basic, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and that applies to the stack as we copy and clone it. Each one becomes its own tutor of a basic. I love it. Yeah, just that ability alone is really strong. Farhaven Elf, I've decided, is my favorite ramp card of all time. Easily. It's certainly up there, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just rampant growth stapled onto a 1-1 creature. One mana 1-1 with rampant growth. It turns out it's great. Yeah. So useful in so many decks. And this deck is no exception. Mutating onto a Farhaven Elf is a fine target because you know you're going to be copying down the road. And if you do, you're just going to keep expanding your mana base. It's great. So, yeah, there you go. That's what we're doing. That's the whole thing. Uh, It's a lot of fun. And it's fun to be able... So, like, I wanted to be able to diversify the threats but also continuing getting all the bonuses from mutate and that's exactly what this deck does this is exactly what you want out of a mutate themed deck um i I think it's a lot of fun and you know um if you're a patron and you want to go over and check out the cards that the the um that i like didn't use from the brew there's a lot of awesome interactions and and synergies going on over there with that with that sort of legendary take on it i also saw a lot of uh teamer suggestions at like the kind of the beginning of when when people were talking about so there's actually like i feel like there's a if we went a little deeper with that there's a there's a bit of a teamer brew here that you could also go off in that direction mutate is not just a one-trick pony it kind of looks like it might be but there's a lot of room to maneuver in there and um so yeah it was it was it's fun to go back and sort of revisit uh a a mutate deck so discord helpers i've talked about them a lot apologies if i missed anyone but um i i try to get everybody in here braves for robin did like kind of led the group uh, uh for a lot of it uh neo maxis also mattis man also right in there chiefy doing a lot of work might makes right in there gee pizza uh papadio uh beppo as i mentioned he came uh with a strong suggestion of those the spawn rides and the self-copy guys quantum mechanic one mr big bent's also helping out in there uh this was um this was it, it was like I was very proud and happy to see that, um, you know, our, our our patrons, you know, just came up with such a cool thing basically on their own. It was really awesome. Uh, so thank you, everyone in there, because um, this deck would probably be pretty different without you guys. Um, so, you know, we've done that. Let's talk about uh, quickly. Let's talk about the budget report. Right. So um, this one. um Looks like it's around $100, which is pretty good. I'm pretty happy with this. Turns out Mutate is not super expensive to build around. You can definitely do it on a budget. Uh, we're talking like TCG low around $60-ish, which is not bad. And you can even get that down a little bit. Um, there was the, the Basically, the only stuff that really stuck out as far as being expensive is all that bouncy stuff. So any of the stuff Sean talked about with bounce, um, the uh, crystal, uh, Equilibrium and Erratic Portal, 
and crystal shards specifically. Those three cards are all over between like five to like eight dollars, depending on which one you're talking about. Equilibrium's like seven or eight, erratic portal, same thing. Um, but you know, those are those are those are nice cards. You know, they're they're repeatable sources of bounce, which I think is really good for this deck. You only need to get one of them down, and you're pretty happy with it. Um, Could you make the budget argument that like? In the broad scheme of a game, maybe you won't be using any one bounce so many times. Mm-hmm. So, like, perhaps mm-hmm. we could find some flashbacky instants and yep. get, like, if we could get a total of six or seven instances of bounce, even at instant speed, that that could be a budget replacement for absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. So what I was going to say was, is that they, they're all very good because they're repeatable, but you don't necessarily need all three being repeatable. Because, like you said, you might not even need to do it more than twice or once even. So, you know, I would leave in Crystal Shard, which was the cheapest of them. And then you can cut the other two. And like Sean said, like bringing back anything that has like flashback. There's a couple different blue spells that that will bounce a creature and then have flashback or not jumpstart. But something like that, right? Just a simple unsummon, right? Um, So I think that's definitely a very reasonable uh, way to go about it. Um, but talk about this pricey card, which is a really, which would really be an all-star in this deck. Uh, you can read this one. <clears throat> Ooh, it's a, it's a commander staple. The Scarab God, three blue, black, legendary creature God, five, five. At the beginning of each upkeep, this isn't even the great part. At the beginning <laughs> of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life and you scry X where X is the number of zombies. Here's what makes it so amazing. Two blue, black, XL target creature card from any graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. Instant speed, reach into any graveyard for four, repeatably, no taps. And if that wasn't enough, when the Scarab God dies, return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So, like, yeah, this card is pushed, to say the least. This card has it all. It has... Bringing other creatures from your opponent's graveyards to, to like to your battlefield, so now you can mutate onto them and get their get those abilities copied. You can just copy their creatures that way. You can bounce if you mutate onto this guy and someone tries to kill it. No, it just bounces all of your mutate stack back to your hand. If you get to the point where there's a couple of zombies out and you make a couple mutate copies of the Scarab God, you can also be scrying and making them lose a million life. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's got like all three abilities are work especially well with this deck. So it's I think it's up around like twelve to fifteen dollars, depending on where you look, something like that. But this is a card that if you know if you're running a staple binder, especially. Um, I'd get a copy of the Scarab God. It's just so such great utility, and you know has its own has its own um, what do you call it? like resiliency there with the with the the bouncing your hand and stuff. So that's really good. Um, quickly, um, I also wanted to just mention maybe this is something that we do from here on out. I don't know, but the MDFC count for this deck was four. So okay. I've got four modal dual face cards. Um, Balagad recovery. Uh, I've got the. Um, um, the one that saves your commander for the single black, the uh, Malakir. Glasspool Mimic, right? I got Glasspool Mimic in there for sure. And I've got the just the s- single green one that puts a counter on stuff. You could all, obviously, there's, you could run more, obviously, but like we could be here all day talking about the other ones you could add. Obviously, the one, the murder, like that's one you would probably look at if you know if you wanted to include it. Um, did you did you count them as lands when you put the deck together, or I did, did you count? I did them my as two to one ratio thing, so I counted them. As two of them as spells, two of them as lands, essentially, and then okay. made the deck accordingly. So there's 36 prop, proper lands in here, or maybe 35, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, the rest are whatever. Great. Um, <clears throat> so that brings us to um, the fancy part of the evening. Uh, yeah, so it's time to uh, put on our tuxes, of course, in the limousine, where we will, we will get into them. Yep. And uh, let's um, go and see the Audric Awards. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for being here. The Texas are a l- sitting a little high today. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's fine. That's totally fine. Sometimes you, um, you tailor uh, cuts things a little bit differently. You know, but- every every time we go to the Audrics, the fashion trends are a little bit different. That's right. We're keeping up with them. That's right. Exactly. And, and we certainly are keeping up keeping up with them by having our bow ties rest just under our mouths. Uh, 
really good. I think it's going to be a hot new look. Um, we only have one award to give away this evening. So, you know, in addition to saying hello to all the various, there's Sidisi. Oh, wow. Sidisi, very nice to see you. Thank you for coming. Uh, uh, Narset. Oh. Wonderful to have you. Please don't kick anyone. That's all Please. we're saying today. Please don't kick anyone. Um, uh, <laughs> we have one award to give away today, and that award is the award for it's going to look weird when we mutate this guy. We cannot mutate onto humans because mutating a human into some ferocious beast would certainly look absolutely terrifying. So the award for it's going to look weird when we mutate onto this guy goes to Beast Whisperer. Beast Whisperer, I'm very sorry. Um, you are an elf druid, and um, when I mutate you into a bird slash ooze slash insect creature, um, I hope you retain some form of your humanity and do not simply ask everyone you see to kill you. Because <laughs> I can I can see that possibly happening. You look like a happy guy right now being just an elf druid, but... Um, Things might change for you in this deck. It brings up the question why elves can mutate, but humans cannot. But yeah. we'll address that in another. We'll address that in another one. And you know what? We're going to say goodbye tonight from the Audric Awards. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you all next week. Good night, everybody. Good night.